0: Thank you for listening to our podcast today here at Word of Life, one of our values here at Word of Life is growth, and we've created a whole platform with your growth in mind. From in depth series on worship and prayer to short and powerful articles on parenting, we have programs and content made just for you. So don't forget to subscribe at thelifeonline.cc. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Word of Life Church. My name is Dustin McCain, and I'm absolutely honored and thrilled to be here this morning. I want to tell you right out of the gate that most all of my stories are true. The ones that aren't true are completely fabricated, false, and made up on the spot. I like to call those parables. I'm a little intimidated this morning if I'm being completely honest with you. You see, last week I pulled up and... uh, I like the eight thirty service. I'm just I'm an early morning guy. I enjoy the eight thirty service, and my wife enjoys the ten o'clock service. So we were pulling up for the ten o'clock service, and uh, I get out of the car, and the eight thirty service is getting out, and a couple of folks are standing in the parking lot. And they said, "Dustin, man, man, you're going to be so blessed this morning." They said, "Look, you're just not going to believe it, Pastor Joel." Preached the best sermon he's ever preached in his entire life. It's absolutely amazing. And before he finished, the guy standing next to him said, no, you don't understand. Like this service is like unbelievable. It's just absolutely incredible. And when he got through, the wife stepped in, she said, are the kids going to service? They've got to go to service. This is the best service he's literally ever done. And all I'm thinking is, did he really have to preach his best service ever the weekend before I stand up and preach? I mean, this guy's been doing like five services a weekend since he was like seven years old or something, and, and then he chose the weekend before I preach to get up here and show out. I mean, I've never heard him preach a bad service to begin with, but evidently last week was lights out, and now I'm here, and you're disappointed. I get it. I understand. I thought about not coming this morning myself. I knew he wasn't going to be here. With that being said, I want to go before the Lord in prayer this morning, because I'm going to need all the help I can get, right? Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this moment, for this opportunity for these people. I thank you that we're in your house this morning, and I just ask you to open hearts, open minds, dear Heavenly Father, open spirits. And I ask you to use me to fulfill your vision that you have for the service this morning. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, pastor called me several months ago, and he talked about this summer reading program that we're in the middle of here at Word of Life Church. And he told me he'd like me to pick a book, and he'd like me to preach on it. And I thought, that eighth grade teacher was right. I am going to have to know how to do a book report. And uh, so we'll see how she did. We'll see how I do. And as I was thinking and praying about which book that I wanted to preach on, I just couldn't get this one out of my mind. It was a book by Andy Stanley, and the the book title is Visioneering. And what Andy talks about in this book is the vision that God has for you and your life. The plan and the purpose that He has. The reason why we're here, right? So Ephesians 2.10 kind of lays it out like this. It says, for we are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do they 're going to leave that up there for a minute because I really want you to, to get the heart of what the bible 's saying here. For we are god 's handiwork, and if you look up handiwork, it means handcrafted it means handmade it means we 're not stamped out of some assembly line somewhere it means God had his hand in making and building you before the foundations of the earth. See, the Bible says that we're formed and we're fashioned in our mother's womb. Created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works, right? That's what He created us for. And then it goes on to say, which God prepared in advance for us to do so. So think about that for a moment. He had a plan and a purpose for your life before you ever arrived to do good works and the purpose of your life was planned in advance. The reason why you're here, he planned it before you ever got here. Prepared in advance for us to do. You know, kids are great visionaries and I'm blessed enough, Katie and I have two. We've got Clay who's nine, we've got Lillian who's 12. And it's so fun to watch these kids have vision. They're such visionaries, and Clay, in particular, he absolutely loves sports, and he's got a vision for sports, and if if there's a ball involved, he absolutely loves it. He wants to play it, and he knows that in order to be good, you've got to get bigger, stronger, faster, better, right? So he's always, always, always looking to see if that's happening. I call it vision confirmation, and what he'll do is he'll go in the pantry, and he'll eat everything he can eat, and then he'll run to my closet and step on the scales to see if he's gotten any heavier, then he'll head back to the pantry right? Or he'll walk up to me and he'll, he'll do his little head and he'll stand right up next to me and he wants to see if he's gotten any taller. Or he'll go to the gym and he'll, he'll do pull-ups to see if he's gotten any stronger, right? He's always looking to see if he's moving closer towards the vision that he's got for his life. As a matter of fact, last week was his birthday and his grandparents picked him up from school to take him to lunch. He gets in the car and he boldly announces, Grammy, I'm growing up. He said, I got a bump on my nose and hair on my toes. (laughs) Grammy nearly had a heart attack. She had no idea where he was fixing to go with that statement. He saw the concern. He said, don't worry about it, Grammy. It's just hormones. No big deal. He's constantly looking for a sign, even if it's a bump on his nose, to see if he's moving closer and closer to his vision, to see if he's getting bigger, to see if he's growing up. I want to ask you this morning, are you still looking? Are you like a nine-year-old little boy, still trying to find that vision confirmation that God has for your life? Are you looking to see that every single day you're moving closer? Are you stepping on the scales of life to see if you're one step closer to what he had planned for your life before the beginning of time? They're going to put a verse up real quick. It's going to be Matthew 18. He said, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them and said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like this little, like little children, you will never inherit the kingdom of heaven. I want you to think about this for a minute. What did that child do that was so spectacular? What did he do that we need to change into? What do we need to be like? It's real simple. He just said, come. And the child came. The child did what Jesus asked him to do. That's the only thing that happened in the story. The child came. The child obeyed. And that's what we're called to do. Is that what we're doing this morning are we obeying christ are you obeying christ are you following the vision and the plan that he has for your life and if not my question is this why not have we lost our christ-like our our, our childlike vision have we lost the vision and the plan that he had for our life where did we get distracted you know, you could say, Dustin, I'll be honest with you. I was on that path, but man, life just got in the way. And I lost that vision years ago. I hadn't thought about my vision in years. I, I knew at one time what Christ had planned for me, and I got a glimpse of it, and I, I started to work, work towards it, but, but life got in the way, and I got distracted, and I didn't follow through. Or maybe you say, Dustin, I'm going to be honest with you, that preaches real well on Sunday morning, but I don't have a clue what God's vision is for my life. I've never even thought about it, and when I have, I couldn't really grasp what it was, and I just just don't know. Or maybe you say, you know what? As I sit here this morning, I'm absolutely in the center of God's will. I'm living his vision for, for my life, but the person sitting next to me, they ain't heard from God in years. They need some help. Not only have they not heard, they certainly don't have a vision, right? And what I'll say to you this morning is, no matter what you've done, no matter how far you may have drifted, no matter whether you're young, old, it doesn't matter. God's still got a plan and a purpose for your life. You know how I know? You're still here. Right? You hadn't fulfilled all the things that He has in store for you. You're still here. and Not only that, you're in church this morning. That's a pretty good sign too, right? You're learning about vision as we speak. The other thing I want you to know is that, that God still loves you. He wants what's best for you. You're the apple of his eye, right? He absolutely still loves you. But maybe you say, Dustin, that's great. But I gotta be honest with you. I always seem to get hurt by love. Maybe he does love me, but love hurts, right? Anybody in the room ever been hurt by love? I asked that question once before. A lady in the second row stood up and raised both hands. <laughs> she had been hurt by love. Because that's what the world tells us, right? Love hurts. Joan Jett said it in the early 90s. Love hurts. My, my wife's going to leave. I know she is. <laughs> Def Leppard. Y'all remember that? I'm aging myself, I know. Love bites. Cuts like a knife. Little Brian Adams. Y'all remember that one? Bon Jovi gave it a bad name. What about The Bachelor? Is there any hurt on The Bachelor? I know know y'all don't watch reality TV, but if you did, I've heard that that, that The Bachelor can get hurtful. Same thing about Yellowstone. I, I, of course, have not watched it. But I've heard, I've heard there's some hurt on it. Movies, celebrity divorce trials. Love hurts, right? That's what the world tells us. Anytime I've ever asked anybody, have you ever been hurt by love? Like I always get the same answer. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask it another way. They're going to put some scripture on the screen. And I want to ask the same question just a little, little different way. Has anybody in the room ever been hurt by Patience. If someone was patient with you, maybe when they didn't even need to be, maybe you were having a bad day, but they just extended patience to you, was that hurtful? I don't think so. What about kindness? You know, you've, you've heard the term, kill them with kindness. Well, I don't know that anybody's ever been killed with kindness. I certainly don't think anybody's ever even been hurt by kindness. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. Have you ever been hurt by someone who didn't envy you, who didn't envy your success, who was proud for you when you did something well and you succeeded? You say, I don't know, Dustin, i never met anybody like that, right? But no, seriously. It's not proud. It's not rude. Have you ever been hurt by somebody that wasn't rude, was just a sweetheart of a person, right? Think about that for a moment not self-seeking. You ever been hurt by somebody that wasn't easily angered? Kept no record of wrongs? Did not delight in evil? Rejoiced with the truth? Always protected, always trusted, always hoped, and always persevered? You ever been hurt by any of those things? I don't think so. You say, Dustin, where are you going with this? With the world's definition of love, There's no way not to get hurt. You're always going to get hurt by the world's definition of love. You're never going to get hurt by God's definition. God's definition of love cannot hurt you. You say, well, Dustin, what does that have to do with vision? Here's what I'll tell you. And here's the scary part is every single day the world lies to you in every single way about what love is. And if we get an upside down vision of what love is we'll have an upside-down vision of who God is. Because the Bible tells us in 1 John four sixteen what? God is love. We don't want to identify God with the world's version of love because the world's version of love hurts. And if the world's version of love hurts, you're just one step away from being hurt by God. I want you to read this a little differently. I'm going to change the words up just a bit, but I think I'll be forgiven for it. I want you to read it like this. My Heavenly Father, my Lord and Savior, Jesus, He's patient with me. God is kind. He does not envy. He doesn't boast. My Lord and proud. He's not rude. He does not dishonor others. He's not self-seeking. He's slow to anger. He keeps absolutely no record of wrongs. Your sin is as far as the east is from the west. Right? Does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Your Heavenly Father always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Your God never fails. You say, Dustin, that's wonderful. What in the world does that have to do with vision? Here's what i tell you. In order to trust the vision, you first got to trust the visionary. In order to trust the vision, you have first got to trust the visionary. We learned at the first of this service that the visionary is God himself, Right? And if you don't trust him, then you're not going to trust the vision that he has for his life. But as soon as you can get this in you, as soon as you understand and realize who he is and what he wants for your life, now, now you can move forward with that plan and that purpose because you know it's only good things that he wants for you and your life. I'll tell you a story this morning. Years ago, I had an employee of mine who just happened to be a very, very, very close friend, and whoever said that you can't be friends with your employees, I have no idea who they are, but some of my closest friends in the world have been employees of mine, and, and we're going to call this guy, we'll call him Justin, and the reason I'll call him Justin is because it, uh, that's his name, so, <laughs> Justin... He's one of the most likable guys that you'll ever meet in your life. He's one of these guys with an infectious personality. Like, you cannot meet him and not like him. Like, when he enters a room, like, you're going to laugh. He's, he's just a ton of fun. He's one of the best sales guys I've ever been around. As a matter of fact, he outsold everybody else on our team in, in spades. It was ridiculous how good he was at sales, how good he still is at sales but uh justin was was married at the time he's still married, and i wasn't We were young and uh Justin had a daughter he and his wife had a little girl and i 'm a guy that you know I, you know sometimes I pay attention to things i shouldn't pay attention to, and i'm a fixer, and Justin is not the healthiest guy in the world. And his daughter was born, and I thought, man, if Justin doesn't get healthy, he's never going to walk her down the aisle. And it's not that Justin's, like, morbidly obese or anything. It's just that Justin really doesn't eat all that healthy. As a matter of fact, you know, Justin can he can eat a bone-in ribeye and a pound of bacon before you can cut up your salad. Okay? He's that guy. He's got the meat sweats before you finish, your, you know, the cheese topping. Mainly because he skipped the salad, right? And I'm worried about him. I mean, I'm, I'm worried about him. So I come up with this... This vision for Justin. I've got a vision for him. My idea is I'm going to take Justin to a four-day Anthony Robbins firewalk seminar in Denver, Colorado. I'm going to take him out there. He's going to walk on coals. He's going to change his life. He's going to come home. He's going to take better care of himself. He's going to walk his daughter down the aisle. How's that for vision for a 27-year-old guy? I'm worried about my friend, right? So that's what we do we head to Denver, Colorado. We get off the plane, the seminar starts on a on a Thursday, we get there and they're, they're burning firewood and they're burning firewood for this fire walk, right? And we sit through it and about midnight that night we head out to this fire walk area and they lay basically a sidewalk of, of, of fire is what they do. And, uh, you know, the, the point of the, the, the deal is, you know, you're going to get past your fears and your limiting beliefs. And they're going to put up a screen this morning. One thing that they did not tell you and one scripture they did not use is the one that, that they're fixing to throw up. Can man walk on hot coals without his feet getting scorched? I wish that they had put that up before we walked outside. So we get outside and Justin disappears. Like, I have no idea where Justin went, but you know, it's three to 5,000 people there. I'm sure he got lost in the shuffle and, and I do the deal. I walk on the coals and, and I get to the other side and there's Justin. And man, he's stoked. He's celebrating. He's got his pants rolled up like that picture did. He's got, he's got soot all over his feet and he's fired up and we're prepared for three more days of this seminar. And look, there's no fried chicken and cornbread at an Anthony Robbins seminar. It's just not there. And so we're literally living like John the Baptist. I'm quite certain that Anthony has to be a Christian. He says he's a Christian and he provides food like John the Baptist. We lived off honey and, and locusts and some, you know, green drinks. And uh, I felt we, we just stay here a couple more days. Justin won't have to go on a diet. And we finished the, finish the seminar and we start heading home. And I can tell, like Justin's affected. Like I can tell, it's like this, this seminar made a difference. And I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of proud of myself. I'm like, yep, this is gonna work. I got him. So we're about halfway home, we're somewhere over Texas. Did I mention that Justin was like the best salesman I've ever been around in my life and it worked for me? Did I, did I say that part? Because I finally got up the courage. Justin's been real quiet. I said, Justin, Did you make any decisions? Did you make any decisions this weekend? He said, yeah, boss, I did. I said, man, what are you going to do? He said, I quit. I said, do what? He said, I quit. I said, you quit what? He said, I quit working for you. I quit. What are you talking about? You quit. He said, Dustin, he said, ever since I was a little boy, he said, I had a vision of owning my own business. He said, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And he said, over the past three or four days, I've realized that I'm not living the vision that God had for me. I'm not fulfilling the dream that I had for my own life. I'm just working for somebody else, but I've always wanted to be my own boss. I've always wanted to do my own thing. He said, it has nothing to do with you. He said, but I quit. I said, Justin, what are you gonna do? He said, the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna eat a ribeye and about a pound of french fries when I get off this plane. He said, then I'm going to start working on my vision. I'm going to start working on my company. Guys, that was about 16 years ago. Justin's a very successful guy. As a matter of fact, this morning, he's laying on the beach, probably in a cabana, you know, having a big boy breakfast with extra bacon, right? He told me about a year ago, he said, Dustin, I never walked on that fire. <laughs> Do what? He said, man, I wasn't about to walk on that fire. Are you kidding me? I just not believe for 15 years you walked on the fire. He said, man, no. He said, I walked around the back. I found some soot on the ground. I rubbed it all over my feet. And then I waited to hug your neck on the other side. He said, that wasn't the vision, the plan, or the purpose for my life. I didn't want no part of it. He didn't really, he didn't really say that. I made that part up. Nehemiah, Nehemiah had a vision and I encourage you to, to go read Nehemiah if you get a chance, which really means please go read Nehemiah because I may not do a phenomenal job on the Cliff Notes version, but here's what Nehemiah had. Nehemiah had a vision. Nehemiah knew exactly what he was supposed to do. Nehemiah didn't have any money. He didn't have any power. He had never been to wall building school, but God dropped it on his heart that he needed to build a new wall around Jerusalem. The walls had fallen. And the Lord gave Nehemiah a dream and a vision to rebuild the wall. Nehemiah had never been to Leadership Academy. Never seen Tony Robbins. Didn't have a clue how he was going to get it done. But he did what the little boy did in the story in Matthew Jesus gave him an assignment. He said, come. And Nehemiah came. He did exactly what God told him to do, even though he didn't feel like he had the resources, the talent, right? But he was faithful. And he obeyed God anyway. Anytime he would get distracted, anytime that he had an excuse, anytime that he got discouraged... He would remind himself of this one thing when people would try to get him off of his task. Nehemiah 6.3 says, I, So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work, so I cannot come down. Nehemiah, when he was on the wall working and people would try to get him down, try to get him off his task, try to get him out of his vision, try to get him out of God's plan and purpose for his life, he would say, I am doing a great work. And I cannot come down. Parents, I know you've all got visions for your kids. Can I tell you that bedtime stories are more important than Instagram stories? When it's time to sow into your child's life and you've got that moment to say prayers with them at bedtime, but you're distracted over the cares of the world, or maybe you've just had a hard day and you just want to veg out for a minute. I want to bring this to your remembrance. You're doing a great work, and you cannot come down. Put the phone down. Spend that time with your kids. Dads, specifically. Like I said, i got a nine-year-old boy. He's constantly wanting to throw the baseball or the football or play in the pool. Or go fishing. Or weigh himself in my closet. I've got a vision for Clay, too. I'm not all that concerned with his athleticism. Okay, that was kind of a lie. Um, I want him to be good. But I'm more concerned with his heart. And I want to spend that time with him, not to get him necessarily better, but to sow other important things into his heart. Spend that time with your kids because you are doing a great work and you cannot come down. Leaders, I know a lot of you guys in this room today. I see a lot of you in this room. You've got responsibility not only for yourself but for others. And for some of you, you're the leader of your home. Others, you're the leader of large corporations, successful corporations. And guys, sometimes, at least for me, There's tough conversations that need to be had. There's things that need to be addressed. Silence is consent. If you don't correct them, they keep doing it and they think it's okay. Right? Doesn't matter whether it's Monday morning or late Friday afternoon. Doesn't matter whether you're tired or whether you want to deal with it or not. You are doing a great work and you cannot come down You've got to have those conversations. You've got to do those things that you're called to do. You're in that leadership position for a reason. And God trusts you with those lives and those men. You know, it's vacation season. And a lot of people are traveling. A lot of people are on the beach. Justin's on the beach. And, uh, you know, we're in the middle of this this book series, right? You may be compelled to, to vacation and read a novel. Or you could read one of the books we recommend. So if you've got your feet in the sand, let the hair on your toes be a reminder that you are doing a great work and you cannot come down. Read a book that gives you life. Read a book that can change your life. Read a book that can give you vision. The novel will be there. Take this time, take this season to move you towards the plan and the purpose that God has for your life. I read a quote years ago. Said five years from today, you'll be exactly where you are now, except for the books that you read or the people you meet. Think about that for a second. Iron sharpens iron. The relationships you get around. Twenty-seven years ago, my uh, my grandfather passed away. My grandfather was was my best friend in the world. He was a different generation. He's Marine. He was born in nineteen nineteen. Fought in World War Two. Little rough around the edges. Ton of fun. Never even knew I was a kid. He treated me like an adult my entire life. Gave me my first beer at two. Um, Winston cigarettes were the norm. You know, it was just a different, it was a different time, right? I think the first thing he ever taught me to say, I, literally he would say, what's you and your papaw do? When I was about two years old, I'd say, drink beer and tell lies. I like to call them parables. My best, my best friend. is dying of lung cancer. And uh, I was there by his side. And I'd had this vision my entire life that I needed to talk to my grandfather about Christ. I needed to share the word with him. I didn't know when he was on his deathbed if he'd ever been saved, I had no idea. And I'd never once taken the time to talk to him about it, even though in my head I'd, I'd had that vision so many times. I need to talk to Papa about the Lord, you know? He was dying. I had the opportunity to pray with him. Well, actually, I had the opportunity to pray that I could talk to him one last time. And I can't tell you what happened, but what I can tell you is, a doctor came in there shortly after that and said, "Son, I understand you'd like to talk to your grandfather one last time." Now they had him sedated; he was basically drowning. And I said, "I do want to talk to him one last time." They said, "Understand, if we wake him up, he's going to be in pain. He's going to be struggling to breathe." It's gonna hurt it's gonna it's gonna hurt i said wake him up wake him up i got that opportunity to talk to my grandfather we prayed for his salvation a few hours later he went home to be with the lord can i tell you that preaches well on the sunday morning it sounds good like i did my job i fulfilled my vision right sounds good What I didn't tell you is how bad that affected me in my life at 17 years old. See, I wasn't prepared for what I saw. I did want him to be woken up. I didn't want to see what I saw. Started having these nightmares when I could sleep. Just stayed mad when I was awake. I didn't have the spiritual maturity to deal with what I saw. So the doctors gave me sleeping pills and antidepressants. And I'm here to tell you that sleeping pills, antidepressants, adolescence, and alcohol don't mix. And I was headed down the wrong road fast. I was just mad. I was mad at God. I didn't understand the definition of God that I gave you guys this morning. And luckily, God intervened. And He didn't do it necessarily in a normal way. He didn't do it through a youth pastor or a pastor or a minister or a church or a youth group or a camp or anything like that. He did it through a martial arts instructor who handed me a book. And guys, I'm gonna tell you this morning, if people are giving you books, something's wrong. You're probably pretty screwed up. You need to get your head around it. That's what everybody does you know. when you're having trouble. They hand you a book because they don't know what else to do. So my martial arts instructor handed me a book. The name of the book was Awaken the Giant Within, and guess who it was by? It was Tony Robbins. It wasn't even a Christian book. It's 512 pages long. I'll never forget it. I have no idea why I picked it up. It was one of 15 other books laying on my floor and I picked it up and I started to read it. And it started to give me a different vision for my life. See, God used a karate instructor and a book to get me headed in a different direction. That book helped me make the decision to move to Nashville, Tennessee for junior college. It got me around new friends and new possibilities. It expanded my vision. It got me in a Bible study. I started to have a better understanding of who Christ was by the definition that I gave you this morning. Something else had happened to me during that time. I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was 19 years old. I was told I'd be sick for the rest of my life. I'd been in and out of hospitals for years. Sick. That vision took me to Word of Life Church through that Bible study. Pastor Joel's dad preached a message on healing about six months after I'd been there my mom's here this morning she'll remember I came home after that service and I flushed all my medication Now, guys I don't recommend that I'm not saying you need to do that I believe that the Lord put physicians here to help heal I believe that that they are here doing his work I'm not telling you to throw away your medicine I'm telling you that I knew I knew that the Lord was speaking to me in that service and I'm telling you, I knew that I knew that I knew. Otherwise, I wouldn't have flushed my medicine, but I knew. The doctor told me, he said, six months, within six weeks, you'll be back in the hospital. Within six months, you'll have surgery. I was sick. Didn't take six weeks. I was back in the hospital two weeks later, sick as a dog. She said, That's not told you. I told you if you get off your medicine, you'd be back in the hospital. I said, Doc, I told you. I don't know what this is, but it's not Crohn's disease. I did every test in the world. Two weeks later, she called me back. She said, can you meet me for dinner? We met at Chrishell's Cafe down on Highway 80. She had, she had two folders in her hand. She said, Dustin, this is the last two years of tests. She said, you had Crohn's disease. She said, these are the tests from two weeks ago. I don't know how to tell you this. This has never happened to me in my life, but you don't have Crohn's disease anymore. hadn't been in the hospital for Crohn's disease in over 20 years hadn't taken not one pill <clears throat> word of law life brought me to Christian friends mentors greater vision natural vision brought me to my wife That's met her in church I, she walked in I saw her and I thought <laughs> she ain't going back to school <laughs> she'd been at Mississippi State and she didn't go back i had been to an Anthony Robbins conference. I knew how to get her. <laughs> we got married and I started having visions for family, right? We wanted kids. Yet again, the doctor told me, said, you'll never have kids. Not going to happen. Plumbing's messed up. Nothing's working. I tended to look at it a little bit different. I'd been told before I was going to be sick. i been told before what I wasn't going to have. I wasn't going to have help. I've already told you. We got two beautiful kids. My career, home, this opportunity this morning to speak to y'all has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the plan and the purpose that God had for my life. This was His plan. took a few wrong ro- roads before i got here you know you can be living in the center of his will and it not be easy he never guaranteed it's going to be easy think about joseph think about mary think about david everybody thinks that you know if you're in the perfect perfect will of god life's going to be easy nobody ever said that the bible doesn't say that you'll have trials you'll have tribulations but if you're doing what he called you to do he's going to be there with you the entire time My life looks nothing today like it would without God placing that book in my hand, without Him guiding my way and giving me vision. You know, if I had the opportunity to change that quote, it'd be five years from today, you'll be exactly where you are now, except for the people you meet, the books that you read, and God's vision that He has for your life. If only you're willing to act upon it. See, you play a part in your faith journey. And my prayer for you this morning is that you will be like a nine-year-old kid stepping on the scales, going, God, am I getting closer? Am I getting closer? Am I getting bigger? Am I getting closer to the will that you have for my life? If you don't know what that will is, my prayer is that you pray about it and you figure out where God would place you, where are you supposed to be right now? What are you supposed to be doing? Who are you supposed to be influencing? Who are you supposed to be around? What would he have you to do? Maybe you've heard from him in the past. Go back to that. Go do the last thing he told you to do that you've yet to do. And if you've already done the last thing, do the next thing. See, I walked you through my journey one step at a time. And each one built off the other one. Don't just hear this message today. I pray that you do something with it. Because i got news for you. He had a plan and a purpose for your life. He's doing a great work. And He cannot come down. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Word of Life Church.